Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Thrones Radio. And the end is it's finally here. The long King's Road has come to a close down in King's Landing. And Game of Thrones is over. And we're going to talk about it all. If you hear the depression in my voice, it's because it's just a sad time, TJ Walker. Oh, don't be sad. I'm sad. I mean, I'm I'm sad too. But you know what? It was fun. Better a to lot have of fun. loved and lost than never loved at all. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where we're at right now. Game of Thrones has ended in a season finale that is, um, as with much much of the show, there's haters, there's lovers, there's people who liked it both. TJ, we were a little bit debated last week coming out of the show. You loved uh, the destruction of King's Landing. You enjoy genocide. Um, that's your favorite thing in the world is watching people burn alive. I wasn't the biggest fan, um, but have slowly come around. Now, were you? The question is, where do you fall on the season finale, the series finale of Game of Thrones? You know, there, there's things I would do differently. I'm going to complain about a few things. I'm going to question a few things. But again, my big umbrella that I just want to stay under and everything outside of the umbrella doesn't matter to me. Was I entertained? Did I have fun watching it? Did I feel a range of emotions? Yes, yes, yes. All the yeses. I enjoyed it. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, uh, I'm fine with how they closed things up. The one thing that I'm beating a dead horse at this point, this should not, they should not have wrapped things up in six episodes. Yeah regardless of if it was hour and 20 minutes or an hour and 30 minutes or whatever it may be, this could have been two seasons of six episodes. This could have been a full 10 episode season. Six was not enough. And that's disappointing that it felt a little rushed in that sense, but there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, There's nothing that they could do about it once they decided it was going to be six episodes. So in that caveat of six episodes, I, I thought four of them were really, really entertaining or fun and I think you can make a case maybe even for a fifth one. The only one that I didn't really like was the second one, and I only didn't like that one because I thought it was too similar to the first one. And I knew we were going to be short on time, and I knew things were going to get a little dicey at the end. So all in all, I liked the season. I was entertained by the season. Mm-hmm. It was not their best season. There were some things that were a little disappointing. But the final episode, I enjoyed it. I uh, I thought it was really good. I, uh, I, I really liked I, not half of it, but – I really thought the the build up to Daenerys's demise was really well done. From the, it had a very Star Wars like feel to it when you have the Targaryen banner with the Unsullied standing there like a bunch of stormtroopers and the and the wild Dothraki yelling in the distance. It had a especially her screaming an old Valyrian while standing over like. I, I think the the whole. The Mad Queen kind of ness, it really all, they did a great job of bringing all of that to light in this episode. They did a very good job of tying that up. I'm not the biggest fan of how they tied up things afterwards. Um, once it, you know, it was basically the kind of conclusion here's where things go from here. Um, but aside from that, it, it did what I think it was meant to do. And I think, TJ, the, the overwhelming. To, to kind of take a step back and look at big picture things. You know, you talked about kind of each episode, but from just a reason why there's so much disappointment is that this show and George R. R. Martin and Ben Off and Weiss, they both 
did a great job of planting these little Easter eggs to give us theories on how things could go a certain way. And I think people were left disappointed because the the overall sentiment, it, it, all of those little potholes didn't come to fruition. And you can't do that with every prophecy that ever happened. You can have some. You can have Daenerys touching the Iron Throne. That was a nice little callback to the season two when she's in yeah. Karth in the House of Undyne. There are some of those, but a lot of them just felt a little empty. Um, where a lot of these characters, these long story story arches, they end up being their true essence of their character, who they were all along. John's the the biggest mystery in the show's history was who is his parents. When David Benoff and David D.B. Weiss went to George R. R. Martin and asked him to do this as a show, the first thing he asked him was, "Who's John's dad?" And what do we get out of it? We get like a it just turns into a messy love triangle, and only like ten people know who it is. We don't get this conquering hero Aegon Targaryen back. So there's some yes, there, there's different ways to look at perspective, but um, I think ultimately we didn't get we just didn't get enough juice out of the squeeze, and that, that's uh, the, the lack of that's where the lack of fulfillment I think is coming from. Yeah, I mean, obviously I dis I disagree with it. I, I you know I heard a lot of people mention that 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 like. Well, at the end of the day, what does it even matter that he was a Targaryen? I mean, everything mattered with him being a Targaryen. It shaped the fi the the final season was everything had to do with him being a Targaryen, and it probably led to Daenerys going crazy and doing kind of her little fear bit because she knew that Jon had the better claim. It certainly seemed like she just wasn't going to be able to bring herself around to like killing Jon as evil as she may have been in the final few episodes. She wasn't going to be able to kill Jon for whatever reason. Um, so she went crazy just because she wanted to make it clear that she was going to be the ruler and she'll kill hundreds of thousands of people to show to that it. she is going to be the rule. Mm -hmm. She doesn't care what, what his claim is. If, she, if he wants to ride along with her, that's fine, but it's going to be her show. And she wanted that to be hit home. And then the reason that he had to get sent to the wall at the end or, you know, to the North mm -hmm. and, and we can, and we will talk about that was because of, of who he was. And I love the, the parallels between him and a Amon Targaryen mm -hmm. who was at the beginning. He's such, he's like the wise old man at the wall and he's a Targaryen. And if you know the history behind that, he turned down the iron throne, could right. have, could have had it, uh, decided not to, they do the, the love is the death of duty and duty is the death of love. They do that bit, which goes back to him uh, saying that to to Jon Snow at the wall. So that's basically like what he's turning into. Now he's going to take it a little bit further, and it seems like he's going to live north of the wall. The wall really shouldn't matter anymore. Right. Like it, there's no point in it being man because who are you trying to protect it from? The Night King's dead. The army of the dead's dead. The wildlings has made peace with the northerners where – you don't just get killed for being a wildling anymore. So uh, it seems like he's just going to go live out his days doing what he wants to do. But all of that calls back to his last name. So the people that thought like that, that didn't matter. It didn't matter in the way that you thought it was going to matter, right. but it still it was hit home nonstop. So here, here's my brain warp of the situation is how I rationalize it. Cause here's the thing, TJ, I'm, I'm like many of you listening at home. I was just thinking through all of these like I was just up late, like thinking, like, well, I guess this means that, and blah, just the we the hamster wheels were turning, and in 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 my mind, when Bran dropped that line, that 
you were right where you were supposed to be, A, that that was a great way for us to feel like that his three-eyed ravenness had some sort of validation to it. But I think if we want to look at the purpose of Aegon Targaryen, of him knowing that and it being such a big deal, is that that's how you... To, to break the wheel and to start with a fresh clean slate, you needed to take out the Targaryen dynasty. And the only person to do it properly, especially when you have a dragon queen around, is to have w- one of her own, the, the ones that she loves the most, who is yeah. the son of it, who's willing to be self-sacrificial. He has to be the one to do it. And so I, that's where I, it comes to mind. But I think where I, where I am left feeling a little empty, though, TJ, is that it goes back to just like, is the whole theme of the show chaos is a ladder? Is that really what it is? I don't think that's the whole theme of the show. I think the whole theme of the show is that humans are humans. And humans make mistakes. And there is, there's not a ton that can separate what we consider a good person versus an evil person. And an evil person can be good and a good person can be evil. And that's just kind of life. And I, and I think there's like a healthy blend of politicking with some barbarian tendencies that every human has. Uh, there's the quote, I forget who says it, but basically like you put a sword in a man's hand and he, the inner beast in him like starts to rise up or mm-hmm. I, it might've been Jorah who said that back in like season two or something, or maybe even season one. And it's, that's the, that's the entire How concept of the show power. is yes. The, the, the difference in people handling power when trying to be loyal, but loyal to who by trying to love their family in some regards, family does. It's just, it's the human story. I read an article and I, I and I'm sorry, because I'll, I'll try to tweet it out there. It was long. It was like a scientific essay about like why <laughs> people are not liking the season of Game of Thrones. And the the person who wrote the essay basically said like, yeah, they've gotten a little sloppy, but that's not the issue. The issue is they are, and, and I'm summarizing this and I'm sure I'm kind of, read the essay. I'll tweet it out. Okay. Somebody remind me on Twitter and I'll, I'll, I'll dig it up for us. But basically the point of it was the reason Game of Thrones was so popular is it was doing a storytelling method that you don't see in storytelling. Right. Like it just doesn't happen because humans, we can't figure out how to, how to do the storytelling and game of Thrones for the longest time did where it was basically telling like a, a society story. Right, like highs you know, and lows high, from different points of all over the and, world, and the specific people mattered, but they really didn't matter. You know, Ned came and went, Rob came and went. We saw all these characters come and went, but the main storyline still stayed the same. So, the final season, this author's conclusion here is that when it started focusing on heroic moments and individual storylines, mm-hmm. it went back to just your run-of-the-mill Hollywood movie. Yeah. Where beforehand yeah. it was doing something that no other show or movie or, you know, book, he, the, the author, uh, she said that, like, books can do a little bit of a better job of it, but even books are messy. To be good, in her opinion, was it would have been kind of a crappy ending. It would have been like, all right, here's ruling. Who Here's who's ruling. Here's maybe some of the problems we have cut to black 
But when you have to like start wrapping up loose ends, you become so specific with an individual's wants Outcomes, and needs yeah. and heroics or for, or shortcomings that that we've seen that and we've seen that for eighty years as people that have watched television and movies and storytelling. Um, what Game of Thrones was doing was pretty special in the sense that like it was just a rotating cast of this is what you're trying to accomplish. Here's how we're going to get there. Oh, this person messed up, but somebody else is going to come in because at the end of the day, everybody wants some power. Everybody wants some comfortability, and we'll see who gets it. So I do think there's, I think that rings true. I think this last season, if you want to complain about it, it got a little sloppy. And were they, I mean, you think about how big rushed. that story yeah, yeah. it was rushed. And you yeah. think about how big that story was. There was going to be some plot holes. But in reality, it did just kind of feel more. And I, you know, I've said I liked the episodes because I was entertained. It did feel a lot more Hollywood this season mm-hmm. than other seasons had, and they kind of had to do it because you, because we as viewers needed some closure. Right. But in reality, if they would have stuck to their guns, the storyline probably would have ended with like the council, like you would have. I don't know. I don't know. You would have seen those things happen, but it would have still just been keep on moving because yeah. you're not worried about well, specific people. You're worried about the big overall storyline. Yeah, and, and the dramatic moments, the dramatic storytelling, the nice talks like we had with Tyr- between Tyrion and John. you still had those, but some of the time, the, the, just the, the, the feel, it just felt different. And I think that's a good way that you put it there. And I think when I, when I mentioned earlier the chaos is a ladder thing, when Bran said that a few seasons ago, it wasn't just him trying to burn – Peter Baelish, I think some of it was that there's all there the ultimate goal for this show was to not, not, not but the the power players in it, they were going to get to a specific place where there wasn't just people trying to play for power. Yeah. And to get to that point, you had to not only take out a lot of people, but there was a lot of I mean hell, there was a lot of war. There's like seven or different eight kings. Mm-hmm. Um but there was a lot of chaos to get there. And I just I, – I think it's – it stinks that we kind of wanted it to be – well, the, the way it is is somebody's going to end up sitting on the Iron Throne. Well, instead, they got rid of the whole last 300 years of history, of storytelling, of people going back and forth to finally get to a point where it's a lot of people who can reach somewhat of an understanding. Um, it just got there in an unexpected way. Now – we got really, we got really heady there. Well, I feel, you know, I, I feel like on one hand we need to recap the episode. On the other hand, we need to recap the series. Uh, maybe we'll do another one. Yeah, we can do but, another one. Um, we got nothing else going on. It's summer. But uh, <laughs> that that was kind of when I was re- I read that article on like Saturday or whenever it was, and I was kind of thinking to myself, I was like, yeah, this it, this does feel a lot more Hollywood, and I think that's the thing that people didn't that that was different about it early on was it was just they were able to make the red wedding that should have been like oh my gosh that's that's the episode like that's game you know that's it mm-hmm. in reality it was like all right the red wedding how do you bounce back now yeah. like what is are you going to do next what are what's the north is the north just screwed now like where do we go mm-hmm. from here and okay that should maybe end things in king's landing there your biggest threat gone no it didn't it just kept and that's how life goes it keeps churning there's always issues you know you pay one bill and then 
you realize that your car's broken and now you got another bill that you got to worry about. Like, it, you know, that's just life. Yep. And that's how Game of Thrones did it. And then this season, when trying me, to make my closure. Car's acting up again. That, no, it's not. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's oh, that's wild. why I'm driving them. Yeah, it's just. That's wild. Well, let's get back uh, into the episode. So it starts with Tyrion walking through the rubble, and there are a lot of just concerned looks. And, like, a semi walking dead looking zombie like dude that's half burnt just walks by him in a state of. Yeah. Deliria. Yeah. Um, and you kind of are led to believe, like, how much is actually even left of this thing? Like, where, what the hell is going on? Um, finally, we get to a point where Tyrion's ready to, not only, he, he surveyed the overall damage, but he's trying to go see if his brother and sister did make it out alive. John asks, hey, let's get some men with you. It's dangerous out there. And he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to go check it out for myself. He walks down to the crypt. I don't even know what we called it. The Dragon Skull Room. Uh, I, I guess that's what they... I don't know what the hell the name of that room is. But goes down there and finds Jamie and Cersei buried, not too deep in the rubble, but dead. Um, yeah, that, you know, again, a little sloppy there. Um, like uh, We could be led to believe that just, like, it would only take one block for them to both die. Yeah. But, like... If it wasn't that specific headshot killed them, like all you had to do is just move a few rocks, Jamie and Cersei. Like you could have maybe gotten out. Yeah. And then also maybe you wear a helmet so you don't get knocked out cold. And like, there's some questions about like how they because everything was falling around them at that stage, but how did they hit land so high on the hill? Yeah, yeah. The the and physics the, of everything that, around them was kind of okay. That, that was Hollywood like, right there. Just like trying to give us a moment. Where did we really need that? We no, we didn't need that at all. Exactly. That, that, that pissed me off. I was all right with like the long dramatic scenes of Tyrion. I didn't need two of them though. I didn't need him walking through the city, right? And the crypts being dramatic. And we knew Jamie and Cersei were dead. Yeah. Like there were a few people like having theories about it. You could have just had Tyrion like walk into that room, just see nothing but rubble, and be like, "All right, exactly. I, I know what it is. Like yeah. they're dead. I lost my brother and sister. I'm heartbroken." You didn't have to have him literally see their bodies. It did. I, I will say to the the. I agree with you, but the actual visual of him just like sobbing. So you did like it. The, I, we hadn't seen him like that before, and I didn't know that he felt like you knew he loved his brother, but. I mean, Cersei always – they've been trying to kill each other for years, you know? That that would have uh, – that would, that, would, that would hit you right in the feels, though. Like, seeing your brother and sister yeah. together, embraced together, and dead. Um, you know, like, it is like – it, first off, I didn't like that they went so – I just didn't like that they wasted all of our time with it. But, obviously, mm-hmm. Peter Dinklage did an amazing job with it. It was oh, shot yeah. really well. It was dramatic. It made you feel stuff, like I said. But um, it was co- like you know, if we want to break down the scene and what it means, Tyrion was born, and they talk about it in the books about like how big of a mon, like how he was just such a monstrous creature. He's much more disgusting human yeah. being in the. Books. They like think he like literally, you know, and I, Oberyn brings that up to him when he says he's going to fight for him, but. You know, he, he had, like, a tail. He had claws. He was so ugly. He right. wouldn't stop crying, blah, blah, blah. And, like, Cersei was pinching him and prodding him and stuff like that. And it just, throughout that entire time, he was mistreated by Cersei. But both of them had chances. If they really wanted to take the other one out and kill them, they would ha- they could have. And neither one did several times. You know, Tyrion could have poisoned Cersei. He could have just done what he did with the crossbow to his dad if, if need be. It yeah. probably would have led to him dying, 
but he could have done it if he really wanted to. And then obviously Cersei had a million chances just to kill him or pay one of his her guards to do it. And there was maybe a few reasons to believe that, that she was planning on doing that. But I think at the end of the day, they kind of had like this weird little respect for one another. And if not for Cersei feeling that way for Tyrion, Tyrion felt that way for Cersei. Yeah. Like he was, and, and it's, that, that it's was also the dog also finally caught the bone. That yeah. Was at the end of the stick. Well, no. I, I think there's like a, he, they have been going back and forth on it, and it's also finally over. He, re, I think he really hoped that there was going to be some way that. Like he won, but he didn't really win. Exactly. Like, yeah, you're right. For him to ultimately win, it was for them to get, use the escape route that he planned for them to get to Pentos. Yeah. And they just didn't make it. They didn't make it. And, but, it, you know, it was kind of cool seeing that, like, again, you know, you hear much, so much about loyalty, and this Tyrion's been outcasted by his family, but at the end of the day, the dude loved his family. Even yeah. though they, at times, seemed like they hated him and did hate him um, and wanted to kill him, he still just loved him. And there's people out there like that, that, uh, you know, you can be... You can't you, help but love. Exactly. Like, yeah. you, you get turned away is, a billion times, but you always will have a, a spot in your heart for him, and Tyrion clear, clearly did. You want to talk about themes that you can't help but love him because you're stuck with him theme has definitely been a thing. Oh yeah, you're yeah. right about that. So that you have that uh, then, scene, and then and then, then we get, get a little the, bit more intense. Really cool kind of build up the moment where Daenerys is set to address her troops after the victorious battle. Well, I guess before then you do get like the John and Grey Worm tension. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about where, the John and Grey Worm. Tension. Where John is like, "Hey, these people." Why are we? Kidding? That was good. I, I enjoyed yeah. that too. Like the conversation there was, I thought, pretty real, being like. Saying they're prisoners, and yeah, they're prisoners. They've they've been defeated. They're on their knees. What more do you want from them? And they're still breathing. Like it, it kind of showed. It, it it just hit home again that Daenerys is crazy. Well, like it, they're gonna kill all of them, and she's got a very very loyal following. There's also maybe a little a, too loyal. See, and that that's the thing that I think when you start uh, the the kind of norms, I think that were developed over in Essos. Westeros was always the kind of classier, more chivalrous version. And that wasn't to pin the kind of uh, quote-unquote barbarian kind of tribal people of the other culture in another light. But they were always the less civil. You know, they have the slave trade. And their idea of war really was greatly defined by brutality. And it, it goes back to seasons ago when they're thinking about crossing over and she wants to lead the people of Essos first, she needed to develop into a better leader, and she didn't. Instead, she took, she became the foreign invader. Even though she was from home, you really see a, in a show of gray area, there was a clear difference between Westerosi and S, S, Saucy? Saucy? (laughs) Yeah, Saucy's. Yeah, that just kind of sounds weird. But you can see you can see the visceral difference between the two. Yeah. Where the this is a foreign invasion. You might think it's a liberation, but and it's it got just got like, way out of hand. This is you know it's going to be a military state. Like this is yeah. It's, well, so after they uh, the the tension between John and Grey Worm, Davos has to play peacekeeper. Like he usually Davos, does. Davos is like John. It's not worth having a battle in the streets over some Lannister troops. We've done that, and so, I like that. Yeah. Grey Worm was like, "All right, you're you can go talk to her all you want. Uh, we're going to kill these though. Yeah. Like next ones, you can maybe save. These are, are too far gone." And he, he already kinda, passed the sentence. Yeah, <laughs> really. Uh, also, like 
John and Tyrion, could you all not have this conversation when she's address, like doing her victory speech? Yeah. Like pull her into like a utility shed afterwards or something like that. I don't want to pull her in a shed. I'm like a cave. Well, John would prefer a cave, I'm sure. But like, you know, get her when she's not doing that. Maybe that's like the one. And maybe Tyrion wanted to have a dramatic show. But like, John, you know, catch her, catch her at another time. <laughs> and, he, and also, John didn't even get to talk to her. Like, John no. was going there to discuss about the prisoners. Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> and, and uh, Didn't get time of the day. Yeah. And uh, walked right past him. Yep. That, which, the whole build-up, John walking up the steps, um, Arya kind of looking off ominously. And you, you thought that maybe Arya was going to try to make a move. At least I did. I thought she was going to try to make a move to start coming in from the top rope like she did with the Night King. Um, I laughed when Arya was just right behind John. Like, Oh, that's that's gotcha. that sneaky son of a bitch. I know. <laughs> you um, never know where she's gonna be. But the 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 cool visual of John coming up the steps and Daenerys has the dragon wings over her and like she she looks like the dragon. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, and also like <laughs> I know this is something they've done the, the entire the show's entire arc, but like bad people wear black. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kind of annoying. Yeah. But she looked good in it though. Oh, uh, but that rocking. scene, that 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 picture will be probably how Game of Thrones is like. In fifty years, that picture is going to be what's used when it's going to be Daenerys and the dragon wings behind her. Yeah, that was awesome. It was very cool. It was it was really it was really good. Uh, so they don't really get well. Tyrion is able to to take care of the business he wanted to present in front of her. What did you make of that scene? Did you it, it kind of a little win for humanity there? Yeah, and, and I appreciated that he did stick to his guns and showed some defiance, especially in front of the the gathered crowd, and, and, and that he waited until, like, oh, she's definitely all in on this. When she's talking about from Karth to the Jade Sea and all that kind of stuff, like, she is not sold it. She got a taste of that dragon fire, and she's gonna she's dipping her pen back in that to quote-unquote liberate. Yeah. And it kind of also just shows that and they and they address this. They didn't need to address this because we got it. But like, she's just never going to be happy. She's never going to be happy. Like, she's never going to be satisfied. She's never going to rule. Right. And I think there was a little bit of, of that when she decided to burn down the city. Was that like that just ended up not being enough for? Her. Right. Like it was the thrill of victories that were motivating her. Well, it's Robert Baratheon, same way. Yeah. Same exact character. We're great at war, bad at being a king. Exactly. Um, and it just, it got to a point where I, I feel like she didn't have people that loved her for her. She had people that obviously were scared of her because of what she could do to them. And the only people that did love her for her were, were those there who had been witness, who had witnessed her rise up and just the miraculous things she had done for all those different people. She said she didn't have a bunch of slaves in Westeros too. They would be a metaphoric one, which the yeah. commoners – metaphors don't – they fall flat in Westeros on the on the commoners. And I like that uh, she she kind of hits it home with John, being like, we're going to free everybody in the world. And it, I think initially you're like, oh, okay, whatever you're going to do. She's like, no, we're going to start in the Seven Kingdoms. Like really hit home the Seven Kingdoms mm-hmm. bit, you know, the north. From Winterfell you know, yeah, to and, Dorne. And then acted like, you know, she'll go overseas and do some other shit over there too. But I think that was the that might have been the point for John where it was like, Oh boy. Right. This this isn't good. Um but Tyrion I makes mean, his little 
throws good, the good. pin down. He t- it, t- it took him a little while to tug that thing off, though. Yeah. Thing was on there snug. Tyrion, it's been the hand, hand of the king, queen, several times. Has yeah. to hold the record. Oh, in, definitely. In, in Westeros. Definitely history. got the record. Yeah. Uh, uh, between him and his dad. His dad, he had a bunch of different kings he was the hand for, too. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I guess, yeah. I mean, Joffrey, Tommen, Eris. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but Tyrion makes his defiant move. They throw him in jail, which is no longer at the bottom of the Red Keep because there is none. <laughs> Some people are talking about, like, the water bottle that may have may not been in there. Obviously, the coffee cup from a few episodes ago was a huge thing. We're, we have fun on this show, so I can bring this up. Uh, there's a big issue with when Tyrion's being taken to jail, how one of the Unsullied has a pretty noticeable bulge. Really? Yeah. Dude is packing. Really? Yeah, so... I, Through all that leather, that's impressive. Well, and he doesn't have anything, supposedly. You know? Like, on Sully, they get him... Oh. Get him a little snip-snap. <laughs> this guy, they they forgot about this one. You know what? Maybe he just uh, carries that thing around. You know, like how if a woman gets... <laughs> when He's a woman has to get a mastectomy, <laughs> she's yeah. going to stuff her shirt. Maybe the guy's got to do it, too. You know, he needs his confidence. He's a warrior. He needs to feel like he is the man's man. Did you say a vasectomy for a woman? Mastectomy. Oh. Yeah. What's, when you what's that? Take off your breasts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. It's usually um, for like sickness reasons. Well, also, I feel like you could have gone like a less, I don't know, semi-dark route and just been like, you know, girls stuffing brawls. It's 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 a Monday. It's been a I just coming off a four-day bender. It's rough. But I, I like I I like the idea of him just stuffing his pants. Yes. But you want to talk about it, you know, it got a little sloppy. <laughs> now we got Unsullied with dongs. Come on. Where are we going? Well, no, we're going to give them high guard, and they're going to start their own houses without <laughs> <laughs> their reproductive organs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, always you can do the adopt program. I'm sure there's plenty of children <laughs> that are looking for a nice home. All right, so then the next thing is Man, the, the big one, right? It really was the big one, and it was a great one because – It was great. Like, you know, I will say – and I, I get so annoyed. Like I feel like I feel like there is a group of people that are complaining just to complain and would have complained regardless of what happened this season. I will grant you it's been I've said it a billion times, it's been sloppier, blah, 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 blah. I haven't really heard people complain about this scene. And I think that speak like I have a little bit of a curve, I guess, on when I hear criticisms, it's really not as bad as people make it out to be. But the fact that we haven't heard like anybody really bitching about this, I think goes to show how much they hit a grand slam here with this scene. Because people are looking to nitpick every little scene. I ain't here nitpicking on this one, Nick, so I think they did a really good job. No, they they most certainly did. And uh, I think some of the part that has been we, – we feel like we know John's character well, but he hasn't done a good job of expressing himself with words. There's been a lot of brooding, a lot of Jon Snow looks, a lot of I don't want to rule. I don't want to rule. But, I don't want it. But there hasn't been a lot of showing where his heart lies, and especially like knowing his, like you felt like you knew his true feelings for Daenerys, that he really does love her. And even though he's continually turned her down, when he has to sit down during his conversation with Tyrion, he's like, damn it, you're right, man. Like that was awful what she just did. Well, he tries to like, you know, he's defending her to Tyrion. Yeah. And I, you know, let's break that down a little bit more. Um, is he doing that? Like, do you think he's 
doing that because that's he's trying to convince himself that's the way he wants to feel? Or do you think he's doing that? Is there any little bit that maybe he could like be kind of worried that if he says shit to Tyrion, somebody's going to hear them or find out? And No. I, because they do get into the weeds. Of, like At first, I was like, I thought John was maybe just saying what he thought Daenerys and her guards would want to hear. Right, right. But then they do get into kind of the weed. Like, Tyrion's full on being like, she is evil. You've got to do something. Well, part of it, I think, is, is the, the honorable side of John, where he bent the knee for her. She is his queen. Good and point. he is he's sticking to that. Um, and then another part of it is the also the 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 sh- I think chivalry I think m- the moral um, uh, the morality of what he just witnessed it's weighing heavy on him and it's conflicting with the, the how he suppo- his duty and that's when you get the line about uh, what is it. Death is the love of duty, or and duty, duty is the love of, or de- duty, duty is, is the, the death de- of love, yes. and love is the death of duty. A great quip back by Tyrion, which that that really brought things full circle, and I think that's when you got the eureka moment that he might have to do, he, he he might have to do something he doesn't want to do. Yeah, um, again, you know, the actors did and the actresses did such a phenomenal job. Some people are like, even the writing was so bad. Well, it couldn't have been that bad because they they just, boy, they, they are good at what they do, and there's a reason why they make as much money as they do. Um, but it leads John to go to that scene, mm-hmm. and Daenerys' pitch to John basically is like, what I'm doing is good. Well, and the thing was is there was a, a good part in this 20 minutes of uncertainty or not where you didn't know who was going to win out. Because here's the thing. Those three, along with uh, Cersei Lannister, they've been the four biggest characters the whole time. And you knew that the, the, the main three right here, main protagonists throughout. Y- yes, they had their moments of back and forth. But for the most part, they've the, been the three big power players. And you're, two of the three were going to win. But which one was it? And Tyrion's taken a lot of L's recently. And when he's stuck in a dungeon after his final defiant act, you think, well, I guess this is his last L. I wonder if he's like, can I get my old room that I got when, when Cersei thought I killed Joffrey? Is that still available? Yeah, or? Is there, I think I know where the key's still are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a cozy little joint. Yeah, um, but ultimately, he did just enough to not only plant the seed within John that you – Something has to happen, but when he laid the line on him, the you're the protector of the realm, mm-hmm. the 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 sword that I, I don't know, I don't, I'm not in the Night's Watch, so I haven't memorized the words. But Tyrion also knew that, like he knew how to play their soft spot. The whole Cersei baby thing didn't work out well, but the Night's Watch thing, he knew Jon Snow would bite for that. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um I'll be honest with you, such a good job by the Game of Thrones crew that like when Daenerys was giving that spiel, being like, we're good. Listen, there's going to be casualties along the way, but what we're doing is just, and he's like, you murdered everybody. And he's like, well, I gave the people the choice. They chose to stay with Cersei. They made the wrong choice. And Jon was like, hey, people aren't going to look at it that way. And, and, and like this is, I think, like the, that's that. He's like, she says, you know, we're going to make them look at it the way that we tell them to. Like, we're, people don't get to we're, decide anymore. We decide. Yes. Like, how Because I know what it, is good. Yeah, because, exactly. And that's, it's kind of like in a semi, like, sexy, seductive way. And she kind of also looks like a little bit loony. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like a playful, 
like you're very hot, but you're crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, like you're hot and you're crazy. Um, and it, and it seems like it's kind of like a convincing spiel being like, we run the world now and we'll do what we want to do. And we're going to try, I want to rule the world first off. And yeah, we're going to do it under the disguise of freeing all these people. There was a part of me that I was like, John may actually like be into this. No, could, could and I and I, you know, well, my, could, my thought was that exactly what was going to happen. John was going to kill Daenerys, but there was a, at least a little moment of like five oh. percent doubt. Like, what if Game of Thrones just throws us a middle finger and Daenerys and John just rule, and Daenerys is like this evil dictator? Well, and the only part that made me realize that that like I knew that John was going to ultimately stick to his duty was. There are, they haven't stuck to a lot of prophecies in the show, but whenever she touched the Iron Throne and she didn't sit on it, there was like a moment of made it, but also seen from season two. Which, yeah. if you look Although at, although she season two, she never grabbed it, right? Exactly, yeah. and that's what made it different. Yeah. Her so like her vision. I mean, it's not identical, but it's very close to whatever came closer. And actually, they took a little bit more of the the roof off. And the, the kind of seven-pointed star behind the Iron Throne. Um, well, one thing I noticed in that, by the way, the intro, um, behind the throne, it always had the lion. And for the intro of last night's episode, it didn't have anything. Like, the window was blown out. And, yeah. I, and I thought, like, you know, when they didn't have a Targaryen there, I was like, all right, so she's probably never going to sit in it. Yeah. And nobody would ever sit in it again. And she, nope, never again. Um, now, what really did also have me to TJ is – I, I'm I'm usually pretty quick to like oh the music's gonna get me, and it was happy. It was in her, but she had a like I'm also a Star Wars nerd in that. Th- even though people hated those prequels and the whole Darth Vader thing, I grew up with them like that. They came out when we were like kids up till like sixteen or something like that. But the look that she had on her face was very similar to the Anakin Skywalker talking to Padme like, "We've got this." Don't worry. I did you just see what I just did? I'm the most powerful per we're we're fine. And the kind of euphoric look on her face was just a, it was creepy. It was really well done by Amelia Clark. Really well done. And John is a he is combative throughout it. Like he there there's definitely a point where he does want to like use some conflict because because he's one of the few people that still stand up to her mm-hmm. nobody else can so he's trying to see what that produces but instead he she just gives him back like a oh we've got this john don't worry baby i love you yeah we got this yeah even the entire tone of it was like i do love you i'm running the ship though like the, you're you're with me or you're against me but i really want you to be with me and you should be with me because mm-hmm. i'm good and i've i've made I, i'm the one that gets to make decisions here and See, i'm deciding i'm good and, and you know what and i'm glad they made it about that and not about well john's Aegon targaryen he's our greatest threat which you know Arya mentioned previously whenever she just snuck up on him but they didn't make it about john's threat for his life because he was with daenerys they made it more about love and life and death at that point and John got at least a chance to choose love for a second. Yeah, do you think like so John did kind of be like let's you know you won. This is over. You're killing like could there have been anything that she could have done to sway him to not kill her? In your opinion, I don't know, this made up little fantasy world in this uh, do you think there's anything or was he dead set on like when I'm 
I know, I'm embracing no, you. He, you're he, going he to. went in there hoping to be convinced otherwise. You think so? Because especially when he I think asked he went about in there knowing he was going to have to kill her. But he, he, did, was, he did confront her. You or, know? or maybe he needed, he needed the confirmation to do it, mm-hmm. but he needed to talk to her about mercy. And I think that was when he said that, you know, we can't hide behind little mercies here and there. But in, in John's mind, that isn't proper justice if you don't at least give people a chance to redeem themselves. Because, you know, he's somewhat of a redemption story. He's seen plenty of others. And he, I think, rightfully so, people who do wrong deserve a second chance. And part of it, he, he's a Night's Watch guy. He's with a bunch of people who did bad things but still died fighting against the dead. So I, I think he he, did, he was coming in there looking for something out of that. Well, Daenerys wanted it so badly, but one last time, John got it in. He did. Just not. With his, his sword. <laughs> a, little, a little bit different. Um, and that was emotional and dramatic and really well done. It and was. Like you, it was pretty much about as good as I would have expected. Yeah. Again, we, we've kind of – been led to believe with the Azor High prophecy, which didn't really end up mattering. No. Um, or at least it was misinterpreted a little bit, not what we pictured. But when we had that in our mind the entire time, we thought, all right, John's going to have to kill Daenerys. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen the way that we thought, but it really was about as well done as I would have ever imagined. Like, it was better than I imagined. And that's pretty tough to do on a show that you're waiting two years to, to do. Oh, I mean, when you if you're killing off the big characters, they've done a good job killing off the big ones. Um, I know I, I, like many others, hope that Cersei would have died a much more cruel death than just a pile of rocks. But the Night Kings was pretty awesome. This was great, and just the the emotion behind it until like you could tell that like John was doing his kind of duty as the last, you know. He was. He wanted her to know that he really did love her. Yeah. And he gave her that, and then to see her eyes as she was kind of fading to black was mm-hmm. just. It was powerful. Man. Although, all right, now like, because I do think the episode kind of changes after this scene. Oh yeah, it um, did. No, like that's classic Game of Thrones, and then the dragon after, comes in after that. Well, after the dragon, but yeah. like when they eventually get out of the throne room, then it kind of moves on to like season eight Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I don't. And again. I didn't think it was bad, but like that was See, and up until that point, it was slow. It was played out, you know. It, it was, was long developed. Yes. It was dramatic, yes. and that's what people loved about it's Game the, of Thrones. In a six episode season, you can't do that throughout these episodes. So then they go back to, let's go. Like we got we got to wrap up and these that, loose ends that, quickly. And that was the part where I love the first half, and then once the the switch is flipped, I will say though I was kind of like I thought I thought Drogon was gonna like I thought John was gonna hop on the back of Drogon. Well, that was dramatic too, and I, I'm not trying to skip over this, yeah. um, but like kind of having a little bit more fun with what was an incredibly intense and emotional scene. I know it was kind of just John and Tyrion, uh, mostly John going on the fly, and with like a little bit of you know conversation with Tyrion. Maybe get a fucking plan what what to do with the dragon before killing its mom. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, what if the dragon just well, went crazy right then and there and just started burning everything in sight? I think he was willing to. He was ready to die. Well, no, I know John was. Yeah. I know John was okay with that. But like, you just got done, and you're everybody is so like, you know, you're having PTSD and rightfully so about all of these hundreds of thousands of people that were just murdered, and you could have just had that happen again because you all didn't plan what you were going to do with the freaking dragon. 
and, and more than that, you could have had millions of people killed. And maybe there will be. We don't know what that dragon's yeah, going to do. Drogon's out there just burning down Pentos. Bran is curious. <laughs> <laughs> Bran is very nervous about the dragon. Um, I thought, like, the everything, I loved everything about that scene, even with the dragon, except burning down the Iron Throne. Yeah, I mean, it had to be. Uh, the thing was, is, like, it was a nice symbolic thing, um, especially because she's been talking about breaking the wheel for so long. Nothing screams that more than the ultimate symbol of the Targaryen dynasty. We're just, it's done. It's over. And yes, it was a, a kind of an awkward way to do it because I don't know why he would be just pointing outside. Like he didn't, like he would have just pointed over John's head, I thought. But I, I, I did think it was, a, the, from a symbolic standpoint, I thought it was cool. Certainly. And I'm, a, I'm okay with it. It's just, I don't know. I don't think dragons are like smart enough to know the symbolism of what that stood he for and the fact mad. that its mom didn't get it. And He was just mad. He was just blown off yeah, steam. Yeah, he was blown off steam, yeah. Um, Mom's gone. Was sad. Like, that was probably Man. the saddest yeah. moment in the show is like, these fucking dragons. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry. Sorry to cuss. These <laughs> dragons, they have been through the ringer. I mean, <laughs> they, really have. they didn't ask for any of this. Mm-hmm. Like, really probably should have never even been born. They don't know that, though. They have a mom that they like, and then... They get like two of them get chained up for a while, which is like the one thing you don't uh, do with dragons yeah. is chain them up, and they get you know kidnapped and sold, and you know you don't know if it takes a toll on the dragons to kill people, but these dragons are killing a ton of them. Probably doesn't because they're animals, but like just seeing Drogon, he's no, lost no. two bros or two sisses. You don't they're gender fluid, so you don't really know exactly what they are, but. He's, he's seen two of his buds go down. He's had a fight against one of his brothers or sisters, whatever it wants to be. And then it sees its poor mom. Oh, like, no. Drogon is, like, the biggest loser. And he was he was on Victory Lap, too. Like, hell, he was so tired from all of his dragon fire that he was just sleeping under a pile of ash. Like, if you want to talk about, like, all the death and sadness that John has seen, poor Drogon. Man. And then he carries her away. It was so sweet. Oh, I know. Like, but, you know, what are you going to do with the body, though? You like dumping her out in the middle of the ocean. You go into like your Vol- little dragon Maybe cemetery. Maybe Valyria. I don't know. Like, what do you what do you do with the body there? I don't know. Um, it does. It, oh, there was a, a big amount of sadness to it though, because go you, find somebody that can put Kyburn back together. So then they can put Kyburn can be a zombie guy and put Daenerys, Daenerys back, back together. together. Okay, there we bada go. Boom, bada bing. You Targaryens not done. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you with something so stupid. But how? Like I think that was part of me too. Is I was really invested on the Targaryen comeback, and the whole it ultimately was all about the Targaryens' demise, which you many had already thought that it had happened. But really, the Targaryens' demise was m- much a longer process, and that just hey, you know I was I was a Targaryen fan, and there they go, they're done. Well, there's a reason they got overthrown in the first place. <laughs> you know? Good point. Good point. Um, a lot of incest. So that ends it. That's the last time we'll see the dragon. Mm-hmm. Are you okay with all that? I, you know, I know you have some I, w- I really wanted John to take over. That's what a bit. Yeah, and there was a moment where, like, is that going to happen? And in the books, they make it clear that um, – Dragon there's, there's riders a little, die. There's a little bit of a misconception that drag, dragons can't have multiple riders. 
they they don't have multiple riders when there are multiple people living. But dragons outlive people. Yeah. So, so there's been times where somebody has died, somebody has taken over. So right. there was a tense moment of like, is, is, John, is homeboy going to get himself a dragon? Yeah. Um, I guess we have no idea like how to. You can't really say one way or the other. They, I, I, I don't really, think we can blame Game of Thrones for plot hole here when dragons are so li- – you know, we don't know anything about them. And they're fake in real life, obviously. But um, if you didn't know that, dragons aren't real. Okay? They're not, Nick. They're not real. Um, Damn it. It would have been cool to do that, but that would have maybe opened up a much bigger can of worms yeah. than he just – flies away and he's right. going to be a dragon doing dragon things yeah and in in that my, my hope though was to get the conquering like like i said i wanted the targaryens come out on top i would have loved to send john snow being the ultimate targaryen would have hopped on the back and then flown north and that would have combined both of his worlds where they're defending the north with the dragon and with ghost but it's probably best that they just let him fly away Yep, and I guess uh, just now for the history of the world, there's going to be a loose dragon that you don't really know what it's going to do. Until Bron morgs into him. So, on our radio show, Kentucky Roll Call, hopefully you're listening to it Monday through Friday, 8 to 10, on Big X Sports Radio, a texter today during our show this morning texted in that, like, is Bran maybe the The evil one? The biggest villain here? Because he's supposed to be able to kind of see what's going on at any place in the world at any given time. We know he can warg into animals. Why did he allow Daenerys to kill hundreds of thousands of people in King's Landing? Pretty pretty sick. Unless, though, here's the thing, and it's... It's it gets into it in a lot of different time travel situations. I still haven't seen the the newest Avengers, so like I, I've all you people who are mad about spoilers. Hell, it's been three weeks and I don't know what the hell happens. But oh, I saw a spoiler for that. I, I was pissed. I saw one of my idiot friends spoiled that almost instantly. I have seen it because I felt like if I didn't go see it, I can't believe it hasn't been spoiled for you. I know. I've, I've done a good job of seeing it. Now, like you better go see it. Like this afternoon, somebody's gonna tweet you. Oh yeah, they they got me now. Um, but the 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 little line that Doctor Strange had, where he's like, "I've done a thousand scenarios, and this is the only way." Maybe that was the only way. Where in order for Daenerys to achieve her ultimate goal of breaking the wheel, you had to break her too, because she was just like any other tyrant who's going to burn cities down. Um, and yeah, so she maybe turned she turned into what she hated, right? But it, she always so showed signs that she could get there. Yes, and that and that's the thing is if she's hung around, she was probably ultimately going to get there anyway. So I think that yes, Bryn could be perceived as the ultimate villain, but in order to make that happen, the, the everything leading up to this moment had to get there. If if I did, that wasn't a very eloquent way to say it, but if you True. catch my drift, no, I no, I know. mean there, there there could be like you know this is another good on Game of Thrones because while we could consider them plot holes, they could just be complete dead ends where you're right. Like maybe in Bran's way, this is the only way that you could have an everlasting peace because what if this like council, first off, Bran is like supposed to live a really long time. That's the thing too um, that I was thinking. So he's just going to be the king for like a hundred years, 200 years. Do like they know that? Cause they don't really mention. That, yeah. Like, it, They're like, Oh, it will be chosen. It's like, yeah, by different people. Y'all are going to be long gone by the time he's done. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure they probably think that cause Bran's still very young and he's supposed to be like in, I guess maybe 20 or something in the show. Yeah. If that, but, um, 
he's he's gonna live a a really long time. But like, let's say, let's pretend that this council thing lasts for thousands of years and there's peace, then you would say that like Bran played it perfectly. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he had to do what he had to do to get to this peaceful where if he didn't do this or he didn't do this and wars were going on for more centuries, then, then, then he would have been, been the one to screw up. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like you, you would, you would think that Bran would want to save hundreds of thousands of lives, but maybe he did, Nick, in another scenario. Yeah. That we just – maybe in For the, the future, future generations. We just, yeah, don't know that he did it. Because uh, We'll talk a lot. We'll talk more about yeah, Bran. Yeah. In, in Bran's, uh, I think, Daenerys's intentions, I think, were reflective of everybody's, but she just went about them in an evil way. Yeah. Um, All but, right. So, so what's what's the next scene after the dragon flies off? Uh, uh, that, was, that was awesome. They're taking Tyrion into the, the council part. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I, I I did not have the I did. It took me a while to recognize what the hell was going on. Couldn't couldn't John just like move some of the bloody ash? Go like pick up some non bloody ash, put it on top of the bloody ash, and be like, she flew away. Bitch was crazy. She gone. Like yeah. she said that she was gonna go take something, take care of business over in uh, in Marine. She said she'd be back. It's gonna be a while. Yeah. Um, she missed Dario. She wanted to go bone Dario. I don't know, like, all what she – she was kind of crazy. She might have been drunk. I don't know. She was on something. Yeah. She flew away, though. Yeah. Uh, am I good? Yeah. I'm going to head out now. She'll, she'll, she'll be back. <laughs> she'll be she, back. She had to go Just around and get her coffee cup in Winterfell. She, exactly. She's, she's on her way back. Um, I feel like he could have maybe tried to play that off as, like, She's gone. Don't arrest me. I didn't kill anybody. Right. Kill who? Me? No. No way. Uh, somebody was like, he's way too honorable to do that. Like, he probably came out and said, listen, I had to kill her. Put me in jail. Uh, which is stupid. Yeah. And also... I'm glad they didn't show that because that would have pissed me off. But presumably, that's what he did. Should have just should have just played it cool and been like, no, nah, she's, she's gone. And I don't think anybody would notice, like, the, oh, the dragon got up and flew away? Like, that's what dragons do. Like, you're not going to see her in his claws like underneath like, yeah you know but yeah silly um but they have the council and that's like this is a huge issue for me is that i just can't imagine a scenario where the unsullied and dothraki are don't just go crazy don't just start, yeah just yeah. start a war just killing everyone. like we're led to believe like now they're they're comfortable with having like you know getting peace and like Living out their life, going to the beaches and doing all that stuff. And I, we don't. What are, did they ever say what they were doing with the Dothraki? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, which I, I guess part of, the, of that is that now, like they don't have a ruler. So what do they do? Because they've been following this one person for yeah. years. So, but you would think in that vacuum that they would just start raping and pillaging. Yeah. And murdering. Yeah. Yeah. Know? I think in the, what they were doing now. They could say, well, that's what we were being commanded to do. And now that we don't have somebody commanding us to do that, that's not what we want to do. Well, like you had mentioned earlier, it's like pretty much the Essos culture. That's how you sack cities. That's yeah. just what, that's how those wars go. The only, the only, only small caveat, and I still don't even believe this, would be that they just got to a point where it's like, all right, we're sick of everybody dying. Yeah, and if we have it, like they completely pardoned them, said, "Listen, you give us John and Tyrion, you all are free to go wherever." I know I'd already mentioned it. That's the only thing. I just don't think it's overly plausible for people that speak a different language to be like, "Oh, okay, we're done with war now. We're cool." Yeah, yeah. you killed our queen. We should be really pissed off about that, and we are. 
but we're sick of having people die, so here you go. Uh, but that's the, the route they decided to go. That was probably the most unbelievable thing of the show, besides, again, dragons are not real. I don't know. I think the most unbelievable part for me was seeing uh, Robin Era and <laughs> – Robin Aaron actually is, looking not meek and not sickly. Robin Aaron is the only dude who like things went the way that they were probably supposed to go. Like they they he he, he, was, he went well. Yeah, he's born a lordling and ended up being a lord. Never had to fight. Got nope. to stay in his castle the entire time. His men fought for him, and then the war's over, and nobody like tried to overthrow him, overrule nope. him, take him. Um, he's just he's good. He was like playing video games. That was all this shit was going down. <laughs> Um, but he made it, and it it, it, it was fun to have, play like the, a who's who of, ooh, who's that over there? Oh, Edmund Tully? I thought he was dead. No, wait, Jamie did just give him back, and and Edmure Tully had the most, that was the most Edmure Tully scene ever. That oh, was great. Do you oh, want well, me to run down who was there? Yes. All right, so Sam, I'm going to go in order according okay. to this article, because I didn't write it down myself. All right, so Samwell's there. He is the Grand Master. Even though the Citadel kind of kicked him out. Yeah. Or he did something. And then you don't know who this guy is in between Samwell and Tolly. No, I couldn't Um, figure it out. Some people think it's uh, Hal and Reed, which it could be. And the reason they think it's Hal and Reed is because they're sitting kind of in a geography basis. Uh, That's where he would – that's where the Reed's – Keep would be. The, which, what's the, the name of it? Creek, the... Whatever it is. The, the, oh, the, the Kranich men. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. There we go. Yeah. Um, and then and then Edmure Tolley. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you have a, a, a northern lord that you don't know who it is. And I haven't even seen any theories about this, but he's wearing basically stark clothing. So... Yeah, he's just generic northern lord. Yeah, northern lord. And then you have Yara, Greyjoy. And then you have this... Prince of Dorne that we've heard about, but we have no idea who it is, but we see him. So basically being like, Dorne's still there, everybody. <laughs> sure, we completely wasted your time with the Dorne storyline, but he's still, they're, they're still, still there. Still cooking. Then you have Brienne, uh, who becomes the master commander of the King's Guard. You have Davos, who is controlling the Navy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Gendry, who yep. is looking... Stormlordy. Looking sharp. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then to, let's see... Uh, there's another face that we don't know who it is next to Gendry. Is this Gendry's like right hand man now? We don't know. We don't know who that person is. Uh, then we have Lord of the Vales, and they kind of have like a little bit of a crew. Maybe that's somebody from the Westerlands are supposed to be, or like the Reach. Potentially, yeah, yeah that's not a yeah. bad idea. Uh, yeah, Lord Aaron's looking that, sharp, and then you have the Starks. Yep, and that's that. So I guess Tyrion, even though he's hand the king, isn't he the the Casterly Rock holding it down now? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. But, um, so, ooh, I just had, I'm going to put spit this out there before, but I just had a light bulb go off. When Bran says about Tyrion, because I was just thinking, well, like, hey, he should be the guy Casterly Rock. He's the last Lannister. Whenever Bran says his punishment is trying to make it correct his mistakes over the next hundred years or so, that was what John was trying to get out of Daenerys to yeah. show mercy. That's setting the wheel straight instead of just burning people alive or killing them or doing things the old way. That was the new way, and that's what Bran's going to bring to the realm. And I think really the only part that I'm mad about it, TJ, is that yes, from a, I, I, it makes the most sense from the standpoint that. 
hey, even though Tyrion's pitch is like, oh, what are stories? It makes sense from a we're going to do things differently now perspective because he's not going to do it. He, he's going to be king for the right reasons. But it just makes me mad that he was the betting favorite for so long. And it, it didn't – from afar, it was like, come on, really, Brand? What the hell's that guy been doing? And now he's going to go be the king. I think that just doesn't sit well, you know? It just doesn't. So you didn't like you don't like Brand being king? No, I do, but it just I hated that Vegas had it right for the longest time. Well, I think that somebody maybe knew. Somebody had to know, right? Yeah, or like they were shooting and like because he was always kind of in the middle. It seemed like so maybe people just kind of assumed it was gonna gonna be him. That was a big topic of conversation. The fact that like he gets nominated, Tyrion says nobody has a better story. People don't like Brand because he's kind of boring. I think it makes perfect sense. And again, I'll be nitpicky when I need like where it's deserving. Brand being king probably actually, when you think about it, makes the most sense. Yeah, well, it would if they were going to go the the wheel has been broken. We're doing things differently. There was also a scenario where John kills Daenerys, hops on the dragon, and now he's Aegon Targaryen and he's ruling. Yeah. Um. But you're right. But that didn't happen. So right. they have to figure out who's going to rule. And uh, you know, this is. And, you know, you can poke some holes in just the ideas of these characters and, and some of the misses that Game of Thrones had with them. But Bran is like the most valuable asset not that is not a dragon. Yep. And, and really, you can you can maybe debate that he's even more valuable than a dragon. Um, but dragons are so powerful and can kill that, that maybe that matters. Uh, Bran cannot physically himself kill anybody unless he wargs into something. So he's one of or the most valuable resource you can have. He knows everything. He knows what's going on at other places at other times, and he can turn into animals. It probably does make sense to let that person rule if you want who is going to be the best ruler because he knows the most, and he's the smartest, Mm -hmm. and he knows different scenarios. And And his motives are pure. So, one, it's smart to let that dude rule, and secondly – Who's the most protected person in the realm? The king. The king. Nobody has more secure. Like, you're not just going to go put him in the crypts of Winterfell and lock him away, um, which I guess could be maybe the second. Well, no, the crypts are safe. We're good. <laughs> you're, you're, you're safe in the crypts. But, like, in all seriousness, he's your most valuable resource. Make sure you give him the most protection you can give him. And there's no better detail with protection than a king's guard led by Brienne of Tarth. Right. Like, it doesn't get – so, on one hand, it's kind of like, oh, Bran said he didn't want it. You know, nobody wants – he didn't want to be king. There's other people, blah, blah, blah. He's going to be boring. In reality, you want the person that is most important to your world, and that's the person that knows everything about it. Make sure he has the most soldiers around him for the re- remainder of his days. So, I from that standpoint, yes. Bran should have done more. And he would have done more had we not decided to go with 13 episodes and done just 20. Um, and, and that's the part where – that's another nitpicking part that I have is that, I hell, you you, th- you get in that many people in a room and they're going to agree on your second option. First option, Edmure Tully, sit the hell down, Edmure. They all agreed on that. I can see that. But, like, it, that's the, the, the part that often went to miss later on is the kind of – politicking the arguments and I, I wanted to see a little bit more of that where here like all of a sudden Sansa's like no you're not my king brand north is going to be separate 
and just everybody goes along with that. Like yes. nobody else is like, wait, well, I want my own kingdom too. Why do I need to be the subject of yours? So I'm not buying that the Unsullied and Dothraki just give the prisoners. That was a big issue for me, obviously. I just said that 30 seconds ago. This isn't that's, – that's probably number two in the episode, is that, like, I get it that Sansa was going to get the North, and the North was going to be independent. One, because Bran is her brother and cares about the North, and he wasn't going to be picky about that. But I do agree that Dorne was ruled by itself for thousands of years. Yeah. Like, you, you, it would have been a domino effect being like, all right, well, if you're going to just give up the North – it's worth asking, can we have this? Yeah. No? Oh, well, this is kind of awkward because now you know we want it. Right. And, like, we're not going to start a war with you, but, like, at least when we go home, those seeds are going right. to be I in mean, our head. Especially Yara Greyjoy, who's, like, I mean, the Iron Island is the most stubborn people ever. You think, like, okay, we liberate our own place. This should be ours. That part, I didn't really like that much. And, the, and like, they go from, like, Tyrion, don't say anything, to, okay, Tyrion, tell us who should be the king. Like, well, I, it, I, I just feel like that was the shift in power. Like, yeah, it was nice on Soli Dothraki for bringing him out. He's a prisoner. I, once you brought him out, though, he's no longer a prisoner anymore. Like you're, you're, you, you, yeah. you played your card. Sorry. Right. Like he's, he's not your. And then you know, do you think it was believable that like Yara and you had a bunch of people being like, listen, John killed a queen. We're not okay with this. It's like something needs to be done. Right. So on the same side. Nothing needs to be done with Tyrion, but something had to be done with Jon. Yeah. Like, and all of a sudden, well, the next king will decide. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the whole... I'm all right with what they did with Jon because it was very... It was, it was the Starks getting their way, which was awesome. It was like a, it was a, a way to try to appease everybody, and I'm using quotation marks around the word appease, by like, listen, Unsullied Dothraki, Yara, he made a mistake. Well, he didn't make a mistake. He killed her, and he knows you just can't get away with murder. Right. And he killed her, so we're gonna punish him. Hey, John, your pun like your punishment's gonna be what you wanted anyways. Yeah. Like you're just Sending gonna get to go up. to North. Yeah. You can go to Winterfell whenever you want. If you choose to do that, maybe you will. Maybe you won't. The North is yours. I just would have liked it a little bit better if, because like the real North. When Bran, if you're going to have a new king and let him decide on one, you got to let him decide on both. So I guess. He would have sent him there regardless, but you're right. That that's the the nitpicking, I guess, portion of this. Um, yeah, that that was you know that's people have some some issues with that. I think that's perfectly fair. Um, yeah, and if Tyrion gets to do what he wants to do, right. John can't do what he wants to do, and the Dothraki and Unsullied just have to suck it. They just have to take they it, do. and they go on with their their lives. And then Sully decide we're going to Noth, even though Miss Sande isn't there. She's probably got some friends. Did you like the comedy aspects of this council meeting? I loved them. Yes and no. I I will say that in order to Samuel inventing democracy. Oh yeah, like that was great. That was great. Um especially just like the the idea that that was good. Um but I think that the part that has made this all feel different, you know, re regardless of what you think, is that if you want to talk about sloppy writing instead of getting the more dramatic bits, those have been replaced by comedy bits. Mm -hmm. And I'm fine with some of them. Uh, others like I just didn't need to hear Edmure Tully talk. It was a great burn, but I just didn't want to hear him talk. Like, I, I like giving it. him a lot. Like, come on, guys, where are we here? You're giving Edmure time to talk. 
like I feel like it was almost Game of Thrones, like little nudge, being like, "All right, as viewers, we've put you all through the freaking ringer. Like we've given you every emote. Like just ten minutes ago, you all maybe were crying as a dragon was poking as its dead mother. Like let's have some fun here. Yeah, now we've got to fi- like we still have stuff that matters, but let's mm-hmm. do it in a little bit more of like a fan a service way. Right? Yeah. And the the Tolly, like, because we've wondered what the hell's been going on with Edmure Tolly, and here comes this mf'er rolling up to the council meeting, seriously <laughs> thinking that he could have a claim people have killed zombies dead they fought like in a genocidal war and fire and everything and this dude's just been chilling on a river no no and it was perfect for sansa you know it's funny like a lot of people were talking about what the actors were saying on instagram and actresses were saying on instagram and uh, there were people that were noticing like you know uh sophie turner has She's been pretty swaggy. Like, she hasn't, like, you know, acted sad or anything like this. She's actually, the interview she's done, she's mentioned that she's liked what she has, uh, like, she's liked the season. Mm -hmm. Why would she like the season unless She wins. And she did. Yeah. Nobody had, like, a better, I I got what I wanted. Oh, good, and she deserved it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It was her come up. She made it. She... And I do like, though, that she's embraced the, the chain thing. I don't know what's going on with it. It's kind of cool looking. But uh, I, she at least tries to plead to John, like, hey, I, I tried to get you out, but he's like, you're, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Don't you worry about me, Sansa. Don't you worry about me. Now, I, I want to move on to kind of the, the rest of the fallout. We had uh, Brienne of Tarth uh, filling in the book for Jamie, which was. Uh, what about uh, Samuel writing the book? Or is that after that? I, I think it was forget. after that. Okay. Yeah. Um, which we, we both called the, the same little one. Mm-hmm. But I like that Brienne does give her due diligence. The Brienne scene was awesome. Yeah. I was like, there's a little part of me hoping that when she was riding, like, father of Jamie Jr. And, like, she, like, goes down and holds her stomach. <laughs> she would be the girl that has sex one time and gets pregnant. Yeah. And then she's on, like... <laughs> 16 and pregnant Westeros edition, oh, although she wasn't 16. But first time she <laughs> she doesn't use protection, of course. Of course, of course. Just, that's just her luck. Exactly. I would have liked that, though. It would have been like that. They could have won some like fans back that got Hated really the way about that, that. Jamie left her. Yeah. But I feel like that maybe would have been a little too on the nose. And I think this was subtle and really powerful. Yeah. That like she – that was such a big thing early on in Jamie's seasons was who's going to like your book. All it says is that you've killed a King that you were sworn to protect. Right. And you look pretty like in the books, they hit that home a ton. It's brought up all the time about how empty his page is. Yeah. It ain't empty anymore. Nope. And Brienne's the one to do it. it that was powerful. I really, really liked that. That was cool. I also really liked her handwriting. Really excellent handwriting. Yeah. I was thinking about like, if I was King's go, like if I was ever the one writing that book, Holy shit, nobody would ever be, be – you might as Chicken well just burn it. It would yeah. be horrible. Yeah, she had very pretty handwriting. And the, some of the other people that had written prior had nice handwriting. Um, so we have that book. We've got the other book that um, Samuel brought in. When we see the basically like Motley crew all back together, and it, it also like – It's the council. It's the new council, new small how, council. How fast did they get that place – I mean, because it showed Tyrion early on walking through the Red Key. That place was wrecked. You yeah. got it back in tip-top shape pretty quickly. We, I mean, it's probably fair to say that we we went a year, uh, probably well over a year in that episode. 
Mm. I mean, just even the counsel of like what they're going to decide to do and making Bran the king, that would have been months. at least at least four months after John killed Daenerys. To get a bunch of armies to march on. You yeah. saw like they had much bigger beards. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then <laughs> to rebuild it would probably been or like to you know to do that and get the small council in place at least probably three or two months, and that's being a little conservative there. And then by the time the episode ends and John is north of the wall, you can add probably another four months to that as well. So you're spanning a really, really long time span in this, but uh, not to get ahead, trying to no, no, paint fine. a different picture. Small council meeting, it's laughs, it's fun. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing with the chairs like at the beginning. I don't understand. Well, I think he was just – it was like showing that he's trying to do things properly. Differently. It's just like yeah. that he's going to be attentive to detail and he wants to do a good job. And then everybody comes in and moves the chairs around. You know, like it was yeah. just kind of like, yeah, it's Tyrion. That's a good crew, too. It is a good crew. Like, I would be entertained enough to watch. Like, you, you talked about how we're kind of missing what's next. The what's next with that crew would have been solid between Davos and Braun going back and forth and Bravos, Bumlin, yeah. St- Samwell with Honorable Lady <laughs> Brienne. Why? Why Braun, Master of Coin? Just because like, he was so like for it, he was right? so money hungry because he just wanted to kind of get what was owed to him, like he, he but he didn't ever show any sign of like handling his money well. <laughs> he's he always a, just he had a nice comeuppance, you yeah. know, like he started rags to riches story, worked his way up, but like we had no evidence that he was good with money. I guess maybe being in High Garden, they just need they technically are the ones kind of controlling the finances, mm-hmm. whether it be with food, cattle, whatever. I don't know. But that that one was the one I was like, you know, Davos C makes sense. Brienne, badass. Like, Brienne. She's made for that job. The the fact that she seemingly got over Jamie hidden and quitting it, I don't know if anybody had a better story. Like, that was awesome for Brienne. Mm-hmm. She gets knighted. She gets respect. And at the end of the day, she's serving somebody that she really cares about. And that's all she ever wanted to do with Renly. Mm-hmm. And now she's getting to do it. It's not with Renly, but like, it's everything she could have ever dreamed of. Yeah, she gets to be the guy or the no the the sir. Like it's much better than poor Podrick, who is now just Podrick the the pusher, the the wheelchair pusher. Yes. Yeah, not a bad gig. It's at least easy, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's just hilarious. Well, we're gonna need somebody to push it, Pod. Pod, if you don't mind. Did, Tre- did Trevor say it on the radio? It's like, it's a good thing the Red Keep got messed up because they're going to have to stall a lot of wheelchair ramps. Yeah, Trevor said that. He did. Oh, man. Oh. So, uh, from there, you know, it was, it was a nice little scene. It, I think they were just joking when they said Tyrion didn't make it. I mean, of course the hand. In the, the book? Yeah. Of course the hand of the king's got to be in there. Got to be. Got to be in there. Um, but they, they kind of cut away while they're, argue- they're starting to argue over stuff. They're having their little quibbles. And now we see Wait, John. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, and it says, A Song of Ice and Fire, a history book of Westeros following the death of Robert Baratheon, written by Archmaester Ebros. So Sam didn't even write it? I think he made an addendum to it, though. Because the, the, the one you're talking about, oh, actually, I don't know. That's just what Wikipedia says. Did he mention it? I think he said, I helped Archmaester Ebros finish it. Yeah. I think that's what he said. Um, they're missing Master of Whispers, Laws, and War. So they got to find some. Do you need a Master of Whispers if Bran knows everything? That's a good. That's a good point. I don't think so. Yeah. 
Um, and they ask, you know, they want to report on where Dro- Drogon is, which is something I guess they'll have to keep up with forever. Yeah. Which would be annoying. Then Brain will find him. He's already found him once, am I right? There you go. There we go. Um, Conspiracy so, theory. So that's kind of that from the council right, with Bran. Right. Like, we're just under the impression that, all right, it's kind of back to ruling as normal, but they're going to – You've got the right people in place. Yes. Exactly. First time you can ever say that in the show. We feel like we've got the right people in place where you don't really worry about their intentions. We know Braun wanted what was his, but he was always a good guy until he felt like he was just getting pushed around. Um, Much better than Mace Tyrell. That guy sucked at his job. Yeah, he was, he was terrible. Obviously, Davos is one of the goats. Yeah. He is the man. Great peacekeeper. Well, you, know, you, don't have to, you know you don't have to worry about Brienne or Samwell. So you you got a good crew. Uh, they have a, a few different people that they're going to have to to figure out, and then it cuts to the uh, to Arya on the high seas. I didn't like that storyline. Like I hate that Arya is now just going to be this explorer, but I guess that's just she's a wild child. Can't I know, can't but... control her. But I hate like she's like invested in becoming the first to find out what's west of Westeros, which in the books they make it pretty damn clear that there's nothing. Right. Like don't even try. And I mean. Yeah, because they say that everybody that has tried, nobody's come back. So, like. She got herself some Stark ships. And it, also, she's just going to find some, like, ship boy, and that's going to be her little, like, bone and play toy. Yes. Because we know she likes sex. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, I didn't love that. If you want to talk about, like, storylines, that how they wrap things up, I pretty much was okay with all of them except for that one. Yeah, and she was rather emotional. I guess that's probably. I don't know. It was probably a good thing that we did see a little bit more emotion of the Stark kids that they were all together, kind of wishing John well on his yeah. way out to the wall. And also, I feel like Sans would be like, "Hey, Arya, I'm the new queen here uh, in a new kingdom that is an old kingdom, but like we started it. Mm-hmm. I'd feel a little safer if you just like chilled with me. Can you just like hang mm-hmm. out for a bit? I mean, you don't not forever, but like just for a little bit. Like, just let me get my yeah. Like I, yeah, like at least let me get this thing started. But nope, she's just sends her off on her ships, giving away probably some nice. Sh- those look like some nice ships too. Yeah, they did. Um, so I, I didn't, I didn't love that storyline. But then the final thing we see, a nice little reunion for John. Finally got to pet Ghost. It wasn't too expensive this time around. Ghost took a chunk out of his ear though. Well, he had that after the war. He, uh, when he said bye to him at Winterfell, he, he was did. missing his ear. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the, the Army of the Undead. They couldn't kill him, but they did get an they ear. They did get a chunk of his ear. Yeah. And uh, that was a uh, – it was w- good to see that. I would have at least liked a big belly hug from Tormund or something when he walked in. Yeah. And then they all kind of – I like the visual of the last thing we see is they, like, spread out like wildlings into the woods. It just kind of reminded me of the first episode where you just – the others were – were out there and they didn't know exactly like who was another and who was their own crew because they got so sped up and spread around and um i enjoyed the final visual and i guess we're just led to believe that yeah like what are they doing out there settling it like what they're just going to live just gonna that's lo- where they want to the wall you know in the books though like when it's summer the the wall they call it what the wall is crying it's weeping, it's or weeping yeah. yeah um we're like led to believe that like even north of the wall can be perfectly pleasant. Like it can be nice weather. So like, I think people were like, yeah, right. John going north. Like that was miserable for him. Blah, 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 blah. It can be like nice there. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't have to be like winter ice storms 24 seven. And like it can actually, you can actually get like snow off the ground and oh. see lakes and stuff. So Ooh. yeah. So he, maybe he's just going to, I don't know. He's Go probably, fishing. He's probably pretty like, 
probably feels like the fact that he's alive is a little bit of a win. But he's probably pretty depressed, too. You think so? I would be. Got his, got his dog back. What more could a boy want? His woman. Nah. Oh, let me ask you this. So we did a little death pool, speaking of woman. Mm-hmm. We did like a death pool of some of our friends and uh, really dramatic, like four people were tied with 19 points. And it was like a list of like 20 people you decide if they were living or dying. And um, we thought it was a four-way tie. And my wife put on who sits in the Iron Throne as one of the bonus points. She put no one. Oh. Would you give that to her or not? Yes. Because nobody's sitting on the internet. I was the most adamant against her. I love her to death. But, like, the Technically that, 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 that question was who's ruling. Yeah. And if there was an eye, if, the, if Drogon didn't melt the Iron Throne, he would have sat in it. Right. Or. And I think if the answer was, like, if they would have gone to city states. Or they put swords behind the wheelchair. Well, did you see, like, the picture? Like, somebody made, like, a wheelchair with, like, swords on it and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, there's questions like, what, I guess the throne's just going to be, that's going to suck for the next guy. He's like, I'm not. I'm not crippled, but now I've got to sit in this <laughs> this wheel throne. <laughs> I just got to get pushed around here for a little bit yeah. um, for the next, you know, 40 years or so. Yeah, that 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 caused a little bit of a stir. One, we were hosting, and I don't feel like we should be like, we won, we won. No, no, no. We, we make oh, the rules. Oh, totally, you're totally Jim giving Pam employment. <laughs> yeah, I really was. You just did that. So I was maybe a little bit overly adamant, like, no, Hannah, we're, you're not winning because yeah. we're not going to, like, make a scene here to try you, to make Did the other people have Bran? No, nobody had Bran. Really? Everybody had, like, John or Jane. Like, nobody – she was the closest. But drunk me, Nick – I made a scoring typo, and somebody had one extra point. So it was a three-way tie for second. Oh. So luckily, the wife and I got a nice big fight over nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even at its core, we were fighting over a Game of Thrones game. But at the end of the day, like, we shouldn't. We had, like, a little gift for whoever the winner was. I was like, yeah, we're not going to, like, take the gift back with us. And she knew. It was right. – the whole thing was silly. But uh, I was – but that was a good grading question. Who sits on the Iron Throne where there's no throne? She said no one. But and I think it was a pre- pretty clear like who is ruling right. the seven because if you had Bran we were going to give it to him but he wasn't sitting on the Iron Throne no nope. so interesting all the same I'm curious I was curious your opinion yeah because technically she's right but you 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 went the right way though thank you yeah I, I, you I made the that, right that was decision. the spirit of the question you know who some, rules I should, I should rule duty, I'm the best duty is the death of love TJ nobody knows that better than you. <laughs> Is. That's hilarious. Oh man. Well, um, well, we'll we'll maybe come back and just do like a we'll let do the dust one. settles. Let's talk about the entire show as a whole. Yeah. So this isn't goodbye. Playing some fun games. No, this is a see you later. Yeah. And until then, listen to our radio show. It's pretty good. Kentucky roll call. We'll try to maybe in a week do one more of these. Yeah. Yeah. Say our goodbyes. Wrap up the show. Play the graduation well, song. Should we do? Um, and then we'll we'll talk about doing this for the next Game of Thrones show. I would be down. I'm sure you. It's Why something you, you would consider. Um, so you know, don't. Should we give like one final? The end of the episode. What was your feelings? Um, I, I think my overall feeling is that not necessarily even like critis- critiquing. Just what no, you felt. My felt. Uh, honestly, my felt. My felt. My felt. I'm, I'm getting a little delirious over here. We, get, we've been talking for a while. We've been talking since 8 a.m. Um, well, you don't even know what time it is, listener. We've been talking for three and a half. Hours. We're coming up on four hours. Yeah. Um, but in general, it's mostly just sadness that it's over. 
mm-hmm. more so than anything because there's nothing better than sitting down to a good old Game of Thrones Sunday night, Sunday 9 night. o'clock. And I think the, the I, I am disappointed, though, that they didn't just – like there's no reason to make it seven, 13 episodes over two years. It's, that is – they did the show an injustice, and they did us an injustice. I, they invested more time than anybody, but we invested a shitload of time too. Right. And I just, I'm disappointed because there, that was the, all you needed was more time. It, they showed, they proved to us in the final episode that they still had the juice to pull off great, powerful, moving scenes with great dialogue, with high stakes. But for whatever reason, they decided to truncate it. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to slow you down. I actually think in a, a season that has been overly criticized, in my opinion, their big scenes in this season were classic Game of Thrones scenes: the killing of the Night King. Um, you know, even with when uh, Rhaegal went down, just the shock factor of it. It yeah. wasn't necessarily like the most dramatic or visually pleasing thing in the world, but the shock of it was classic Game of Thrones. We had shock value. Yeah. John killing Daenerys was classic Game of Thrones. Um, that battle scene, like, you know, people thought it was too much fire and too much falling rocks. They should have gone, but, like, just the visuals of that and the mm-hmm. work that went into it. I mean, it's one of a kind. You're never going to see another show. Visuals with excellent score. Like yeah, that. it was great. Again, my final thoughts when it ended, I, I you know, I couldn't help but, like, think back of what I was doing the first time I watched Game oh, of Thrones. Oh, same. How much we've oh. all grown up. Yeah. You know, I was a college student, and uh, now I'm married, and – it, it, it's. I was in room two o two. No, we were two o three at uh, four sixty Hilltop Avenue in the old frat house, you, living in filth. You know, I, not to like get like too sappy, but you know, I've had conversations with Game of Thrones with people who weren't alive to see the. Fi- you know, it, a lot of time passed, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure, with the exception of maybe like Kentucky Athletics, I don't know if there's ever been something that, for such a long time. With the you know obviously exception of family and stuff like that, but that has always been on my mind. Game of Thrones has always, and I know it's nerdy, mm-hmm. and I and, and if, if people can rightfully make fun of me, but like, I'm sorry. After each episode, I'm thinking about what the next episode was going to be, and after each season, I'm thinking what the next season's going to be. And for the first time ever, Nick, yeah, we're done. Like we're done now. It's your and the great thing about Game of Thrones, the books, the show, it allows your imagination to almost go back to when we were kids and we could think of these different worlds and go these different paths and we could make these decisions. Do we kill Daenerys? Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and of all the things that I think I love the most about the show is that even though I have grown up with it, you still got that same old feeling that like whenever the Harry Potter books would come out and I would just lock myself in my room for two days and finish it yeah. like that. And the difference was in this time is that we got to use, instead of to put ourselves in that world, we got to run our, well, what if we did this? Exactly. We had our own, we were lords of our own houses, and we had to make these decisions that right, these same right. characters were making. And it was fun. It was, a, it was a hell of a ride. It was really fun for Game of Thrones to allow us to, at 11 o'clock on Sunday nights, when we're closing our eyes, to think about what we just watched and be able to formulate our own opinions and emotions and feelings and it's it's not often that we get like shock value outside of sports and when we do it's generally pretty shitty it's something that's 
bad has happened in our world, Game of Thrones gave us an avenue to get emotional, to get worked up, to feel happiness or sadness or pain when it really doesn't even matter. You know, it's all for entertainment and it was all for fun. And nothing over, I guess, since what, 2011 Mm -hmm. has been more fun than watching this show Sundays at 9 o'clock. And I'm going to miss it greatly. I am. That was a... um, that was fun. That it was, was fun. a fun ride. Yeah. And, uh, and and it ended in a beautiful tragedy, which I think is what it needed to be. It's a human story, man. Yeah. Even when you even when you win, you lose, and even when you lose, you win. Love the death of duty. Duty, death the of death love. of love. Man, great line. Good well, job, Amy. We'll be back to kind of wrap up the entire show or let's let the dust settle and uh, be a little goofier. But. Yeah, I needed a – it was an emotional hangover. We'll get through this together, though. I promise. But uh, this was fun. And it's been a fun ride with our listeners, too. Um, I don't think we ever thought that this would be anything like it was. But, hey, that's yeah. Game of Thrones. It's bigger than anybody expected. We'll save that stuff for another episode. Yeah. But we appreciate you all listening, and hopefully you'll tune in the next time right here on Kentucky Thrones Radio.